Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. With a national award to her credit, in addition to a master's degree in writing, Today's guest is also the CEO and co-founder of Cancer University and the founder of Blue Fairy, the Adrienne Wilson Liver Cancer Association, which she started following the loss of her young sister diagnosed with stage 4 liver cancer and with the mission to prevent, to treat, and cure primary liver cancer through research, education, and advocacy. Welcome to the Author Show. I'm Danielle Hampson, and my guest is Andrea Wilson-Woods, who will speak about her book title, Better Off Bold, A Life in 147 Days, a medical memoir that is a number one bestseller on Amazon in multiple categories. But before I turn to her, a quick reminder that selected interviews on the Author Show are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on multiple major audio platforms and on smart TVs. Our app name on all platforms is simply The Author's Show. And you will find links to these platforms on our website at theauthorshow.com. Now on to my guest, Andrea. Welcome to The Author Show. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. The first thing I want to know from you, Andrea, is what's behind your choice of title and also the book cover? So with memoir, the title needs to be connected to the heart and the subtitle to the head. So with any title, you want to touch people, you want to get them curious. And with the subtitle, you really just need to tell people what the book is about. And the title came to me, I'll never forget, in a parking garage. I was leaving a writing workshop and going to my car and I just kept thinking about how my sister Adrian always used her hair sort of as a form of artistic expression. She was always changing the color, but she also <laughs> kind of hid behind her hair. And when she was bald um, after undergoing chemotherapy, she couldn't hide anymore. And she finally realized how beautiful she was. And she would say things like cancer gave her cheekbones and and that's really when the title hit me was, I was like, oh my gosh, like she, she was better off bald, you know, only not because she was sick, but because she saw her own beauty. Yeah. And as soon as I, you know, got that, the subtitle was easy because I knew I was going to structure the book like a journal. So the subtitle, A Life of 147 Days was very easy. And as for the cover, I'm not a designer. I did not design the cover. I did take the photo and I did an informal survey of which photo would be the best for the cover and would really illustrate the title. And so the photo that's on the cover is the one that most people chose. But I, I'm actually not a book designer, <laughs> so I didn't design the cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave the book covers to the expert. They do that very, very well. Yes. <laughs> now, reading about cancer or cancer patients is not easy. What about your book sets it apart from others that also cover, you know, devastating and tragic events that mark someone's life? I don't skip anything. I don't gloss over details. That was a very purposeful choice. For me, too often books about illness or other tragic events sort of avoid the hard hard stuff. One of my writing mentors said to me once that she felt overwhelmed reading my book, that it was too much information. And my response to her was, yes, that's great. I want you to feel 
exactly the way we felt going through it to really live the journey with us. And in order to do that, you have to show everything, even the ugly stuff. And so my favorite feedback from readers is when they say, I felt like I was right there in the room with you. Well, it does create that connection that you were just talking about. Yes, absolutely. So who do you see, you know, some people will say, well, you know, there is an obvious readership and I get that. But who do you see as your ideal reader aside from the cancer patients themselves? When I was writing the book, my ideal reader was a woman over the age of 35, someone who was a mother, of course, a daughter, and perhaps, you know, had a sister. But now, I mean, I've received almost as many reviews from men as I do women, and some of my favorite reviews have actually been from medical professionals, which means a lot to me. So so now it's just sort of, you know, it's out there in the world. But when I was writing the book, it really was this very specific person I was, you know, writing the book for. Now, you receive multiple awards for this book, uh, Page Turner Awards in the United Kingdom, which is how we, how you and I actually met, Writer's mm-hmm. Digest, Independent Press, and, and others. What do you think specifically contributed to your being celebrated with multiple awards like this for this writing? Well, I heard this statement about publishing that rings true for me. You can receive critical acclaim for your book. You can sell copies and earn money from it. Or you can get on the New York Times bestseller list, which is far more political than most people realize. And it's very rare for an author, especially a memoir, to actually achieve all three of those things. Right. So you really have to have goals. And you can only choose two. And for me, from the very beginning, the most important thing was critical acclaim, especially from the medical community. And the second most important thing was selling books and earning at least a little bit of money. Sure. Um, I was so proud when I found out my book was in the patient library at the Mayo Clinic. Like that meant the world to me because it's the Mayo Clinic, yeah. you know, and they have a, an incredible library. And that's what I was going for, you know, to be embraced by the medical community. And the other awards are just um you know, the, the icing on the cherry or whatever on top of the cake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can understand that. Now, most writers, of course, have something to say. What are you trying to say through Better of Bold? Oh, gosh. You know, life can change in an instant. And for us, it was six hours. So from the time I came home and found Adrian curled up in a fetal position, that's where the book opens, to the time we got the CAT scan results that showed tumors in her liver and lungs, that was about six hours. And she never went back to school. I didn't go back to work. And so you really have to cherish what you have, where you are, appreciate everything, even the little stuff. I think all of us just take so much for granted. And a great example, I feel, is Adrian wasn't allowed to take a shower because she had a port in her chest. Some people call it a port or central line. And she hated baths, but she never took a shower again after that day, ever. And I I think we all take a shower for granted. And so I just, you know, wherever, wherever you are today, just appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you said six hours from the moment I mean, it's such an, a short amount of time. Did she ha- not have any symptoms before that? What triggered the six-hour timeline? 
She did not have any symptoms. So with advanced liver cancer, it's it's very common not to have symptoms until the very, very late stages. The The only symptoms that we now know she had was she was getting a lot of acid reflux and she was eating Tums like they were candy, And but she was a teenager and I couldn't control what she ate outside of the house. So I was telling her like, you know, don't eat tacos at school, that sort of thing. So that was on our radar. And the other thing she had was exactly two weeks before the day I found her in that fetal position was she had hurt her shoulder and we did go to her pediatrician and he thought she had just pulled a muscle in her shoulder. And it turns out that, and I don't want to scare people, but, but pain in your right shoulder is a sign of advanced liver cancer. Um, Yeah, it's referred pain from your liver. And, but, but, you know, how are we to know that? And in fact, when we went back to her pediatrician, when I came home, found her that way, we went right back to the pediatrician and he assumed we were there again because of her shoulder. And we said, no, no, something else is going on. And her stomach was really distended and swollen, but it had only been like that for two days. And she hadn't told me and she wasn't in any pain until that day and in that moment. And actually what the pain was, was her liver had gotten so big it was pressing on her diaphragm and mm-hmm. she wasn't able to breathe. And that's what she kept saying. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Our livers don't have any pain receptors. And so that's another reason that people who have liver cancer often don't feel it to the later stages. It's when the liver starts causing other kinds of problems that you are in pain. Andrea, would you please share with us an excerpt from your book? Sure. Um, absolutely. This is very early in the book, this is day three, when Adrian is in her biopsy. Dr. Jorge, one of the surgeons, walks out of the OR. He reports the central line is in and the biopsy was a success. Now the surgical team will look at the tissue sample under a microscope. I can't stand it. He's been in there and he has seen Adrian's liver. Why is he being secretive? Does Adrian have cancer, I ask? The words just fall off my lips. I could be asking, do you want a cup of tea? Same number of syllables, only the former has a desperate, nonchalant tone. Yes or no will do. Dr. Jorge says he will return when he has more information. I don't need it. By sidestepping the question, he gave the answer. Yes. Can you please step outside, asked Dr. Jorge. I hate those words. Nothing positive comes after them. Like obedient soldiers, John and I follow him into the corridor. Unlike Dr. Lin, there is color in his face. He expected what he found. Your sister has cancer. My worst fears confirmed. Cancer. I knew what it was all along, but I had not accepted it. I can see the words floating on a banner pulled by an airplane, waving in the wind, mocking me. Your sister has cancer. Adrian has cancer. Kiddo has cancer. The airplane picks up speed. Your sister has cancer. Adrian has cancer. Kiddo has cancer. My eyes wet. My throat closes. My stomach drops. He continues. We believe your sister has a type of liver cancer called HCC or hepatocellular carcinoma. It has metastasized to her lungs, which means she is in stage four. It's very serious. His words are steady. His eyes are not. I see pain, sympathy, but not an ounce of hope. Dr. Jorge can't fix it. 
Every pore on my face is soaked. Tears flow down, down, dripping off my chin, becoming silent drops on the floor. Liver cancer. I have never heard of liver cancer before. Cirrhosis, yes, too much alcohol causes liver damage. What did he say? H something. Cellular is the second word. Need the fog sucked out of my head. I can't think. Dr. Jorge promises to give us literature about the cancer. He leaves us alone. As I stare at the puddle on the floor, I think he never said her name. Oh, dear. What do you hope that readers will take away from Better Off Bald? I hope they feel like they know my sister and I hope she inspires them. At, at the end of the day, I wrote the book because I want people to know her and to remember her. Let's go to your nonprofit for a moment, sure. uh, Blue Fairy. It is named in memory of your sister. What mm-hmm. services does Blue Fairy provide for liver cancer patients and caregivers? So you mentioned earlier that the mission, so we do focus specifically on primary liver cancer, also known as hepatocellular carcinoma. I can, I know what the words mean now. I didn't then <laughs> at the time. And uh, for patients and caregivers, we have all kinds of free educational materials. We have an online multilingual community and so much more. Our website translates into 10 different languages, all sort of targeted at that um, liver cancer patient community. We do a lot of advocacy work as well. We did our first public awareness campaign earlier this year, and we're doing several in 2022 just to raise awareness because liver cancer is one of the deadliest cancers, one of the most common Mm -hmm. cancers worldwide, but it's also one of the most preventable. So if someone were to recommend your book, Better Off Ball, to a friend, what would be the one thing that they could say, do you think? Well, I'm just going to go with what other people have said, and you're going to laugh, and you're going to cry. And even though you know how it ends, there's no surprise here. You you know how it ends. that Adrian is not going to make it. You will be very surprised by the journey you're going to go on with her. Yeah, that's exactly the right word. It is a journey. It's not like it's a book with a cliffhanger. You already know the end before you get started, but you're going really for the journey. Yep. And you also write a blog on multiple topics, and and one specifically caught my eye, your article on COVID, which I found really fascinating. (laughs) Would you please share something about your blog? Yeah, I I have not published a new post in in some time. I have a lot of pieces in progress, and that post about COVID, that was actually inspired by one of my doctors, and I've had a lot of people say that I need to do a follow-up. Yes, you do. I was one of those people. Yes, you (laughs) do. I know you were. (laughs) Um, You know, my most popular post ever uh, is titled, How Not Being a Hacker Made Me More Popular. And it's about how I had this cyber bully for several years, and my name was trashed all over the internet. It was horrible. But by writing about it, I actually made the problem worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of ironic, but uh, that is my most popular post, like hands down. And it's, you know. I have to laugh about it now. So I, I made the problem worse by writing about it. Oh, dear. <laughs> so are you going to continue blogging or you gave that all up? Oh, I will. I will. Like I have so many pieces in progress and 
and I just kind of sweat over them for a long time, but I will. I, I love to write. Yeah, revisit, please revisit that COVID blog oh, that you I... posting that you did. You need to do a follow-up on this. I really, I <laughs> insist. It was very, very good. I encourage everybody to go and read it. Now, of course, going back to your book now, uh, we mentioned already the audience early on, but other than that specific audience, what other readers do you feel would benefit from reading Better Off Bald? You know, anyone working in the cancer space, especially those who deal with primary liver cancer and who work with patients would benefit from reading my book. I've had several companies who are working in the liver cancer space. They've ordered books for their employees to really help them better understand the patient journey. So even though my sister was not your typical patient, she did have sort of a typical progression of disease. And and so, um, yeah, so anyone really working in the space, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people that just said it really helped them understand liver cancer in more depth. Yeah, and understanding is a very beginning of addressing really the issue. Now, you already mentioned, of course, a little bit earlier that you you hope to generate some revenue from your book. And of course, that's normal. Every Every person who writes a book wants to be able to sell their book. But other than the revenue generation, what do you hope to accomplish with your book? The book has already brought me so many opportunities from business partnerships to speaking engagements to consulting opportunities. So I I feel very fortunate because I've heard people say that your book can be sort of a business card and I never thought of it that way, but it did turn out that way. I've made a lot more money from opportunities mm-hmm. that came about as a result of the book than from actual book sales, but it's worked out beautifully. It depends, of course, the type of book, but a book indeed can be a wonderful business card. So where can readers find out more about you, about Andrea, and about your book, <laughs> Better Off Bald? They can go to betteroffbald.com. That's where all my social media is. You can find me. You can also find all the places the book is sold, or you can buy it directly from me. Um, however, if you are located outside the U.S., I just recommend you buy it from Amazon because yeah. it'll be cheaper <laughs> than buying it from me. Uh, but all my contact information is there, so that's probably the best place. And what's next for Andrea? Well, in addition to Blue Fairy and my health tech star of Cancer University, I'm in the very early stages with my next book, I have an incredible research assistant who's helping me organize 10 years worth of content. The next book is After Adrian's Death. It picks up right where my current book ends. And it's essentially my 30s and how grief affected me mm-hmm. and it affected my decisions, how I lost all my friends. So I have this very close-knit group of friends who are in the book Better Off Fall, and you get to meet them and learn about them. I lost all of those friends. Mm. The book in my about my 30s, it's also how I changed careers way too many times to count. And I was really lost for a long time. And it was because I was just going through such a, a deep, long period of grief. Yeah. And I'm writing the book that I could not find for myself. Well, I want to thank you for spending some time with me right now to present your book to the public who is listening. But I want to, I hope that also you, since now we know that you wrote kind of a a sequel to the book, if I can (laughs) call it that way, uh, that you will come back and present that one to us again. Would you do that? 
Absolutely, of course. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you for having me, Danielle. Now, I found many book reviews on Andrea's book, and I will share one of my favorites. Quote, even though Better Off Bold has a somber ending, as some cancer stories inevitably do, there is a powerful message about both living and dying with dignity. For readers who are personally facing cancer in themselves or a loved one, this book will surely serve as a tremendous resource for both its technical aspect and the complex emotional picture it paints. For all other people, it is definitely still worth the read. It's lessons about living life to its fullest, cherishing loved ones, and not giving up are invaluable. End of quote. Better of Bolt, A Life in 147 Days is the title of the book by author Andrea Wilson-Woods. Grab it today and when you are done reading, remember to leave a review as those are always very important to authors and are very much appreciated. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too have the opportunity to discover our guest and her work. And remember also that The Author Show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. And selected interviews can also be found on major platforms like Amazon Music, Our Heart Radio, Pandora, and many, many more, as well as on smart TVs. And whether you are an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search for new books to read, theauthorshow.com is indeed a great place to start. I'm Danielle Hampson. Thank you for listening. Until next time with another author and another wonderful book. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.